You are listening to The Star Coach Show with Meg Rentschler, episode 179. In uncertain times, what that means is there is nothing to do here but to be in uncertainty, to not know, and as much as possible to accompany the parts of ourselves that might get scared or might wonder how this is going to work out or what happens with their job or what happens with their dream or blah de blah whatever it is, it's a big deal. And I want to say that I am a big believer in creating from rather than reacting to. But there's got to be some bandwidth for reacting. There has to be. If you're not in any way freaking out for a little bit when you run out of toilet paper or there's no food on the shelves, then you're bypassing something that needs also time and room for to be felt, which is a little scary. Now what do I do? Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rinchler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Hello and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Meg Rentschler, executive and mentor coach and coach educator. And you just heard a little piece of what you're in store for in today's show. That was Master Certified Coach Judith Duell sharing a little bit about masterful coaching in times of uncertainty, which is what today's show is all about. And we are certainly in times of uncertainty. And I just want everyone to know that my heart is with you wherever you are in the world. If you happen to be in a country that is getting over the the major hump of the virus and what it's done to your country, my heart is with you. If you're in a country that is still struggling, or here in the United States and other countries where it is growing, just know that I will continue to bring the show forward so that hopefully it gives you one piece of something to focus on in addition to the other things that you do to grow, to learn, to be connected to coaching. And that is precisely where the topic for today's show came from when I was visiting with Judith Duell about bringing her information to the show and us partnering together for an episode, we thought that determining how we can use everything in coaching to to be a part of the coaching process and how to be a masterful coach in times of uncertainty would be very, very helpful. Judith was the perfect person to bring that forward. She is the founder of Crossing the Thresholds of Your Life from Transition to Transformation. She gets referred to as the soul whisperer, and I think you'll hear that in today's interview. She has over 20 years of coaching experience and is a certified professional coactive coach, which meant that she went to CTI, Coach Training Institute, and she received her Master of Coach certification in 2006. Judith brings this depth 
of experience to the show today and talks about being willing to be vulnerable and being open and just being still with clients. She brings such a wealth to today's interview. Now, it happens to be that Judith is also a speaker at the Essence of Mastery Summit, which for any of you who get my weekly updates, you'll know that I've been sharing information about the Essence of Mastery Summit because it is such a quality training. The founder and the organizer of the Master, the Essence of Mastery Summit is Master Certified Coach Annie Galfin. She's been a guest on this show. As a matter of fact, many of the 10 coaches that are on the Essence of Mastery Summit have been guests on the Star Coach Show, and I can speak to the quality of what they teach and, you know, kind of who they are as coaches. So I I bring that up because you all know that I'm all about you staying current in your learning and challenging yourself to grow your coaching muscles. And the Essence of Mastery Summit is currently selling tickets at an early bird price. You can get that price by using the Star Coach link and the coupon code, and that's going to be at starcoachshow.com in the episode notes for this episode, episode 179. And I will also put that on the homepage at starcoachshow.com. So if you're needing continuing education credits, These are core competency education credits, the best kind there are, and an incredibly like steal, like 20 and a half core competency credits for less than $250. So that's the end of that. But I just want to, this is an example of the quality of that as we meet Judith. So I'd love for you to just sit back, relax, and Listen to how we can be masterful in our coaching in times of uncertainty. Let's go to our interview. Judith, welcome to the Star Coach Show. I have been so looking forward to your interview, and I'm so blessed that you're here with us today. Thank you so much, Meg. I'm so delighted to be here. You know, when we initially thought about doing an interview, we didn't have all the craziness happening in the world. And then by the time we were able to meet for our exploratory call, things were really shifting. A lot of things were very, very different. And we decided to show up with that and, and be very upfront about what's happening in the world. But what's happening right now might hopefully not go on forever, but it's happening right now. And what we can take from it, we can apply to different uncertainty whenever that happens. So I want to thank you for joining me in this space and being willing to explore this together. Before we go there, I'd love to know more about what brought you into the field of coaching and and what makes you passionate about it. Mm, Yes, thank you. I I like to say it was a calling before there was even coaching that I had from the earliest, since I was 16, begun the process of asking questions. And there was a bumper sticker, question authority, 
that was in my time. And there was a desire to not take anything at face value. And I came from a time where nobody really reflected. There was no reflection. And, and so there was a staleness and a lack of real deep exploration of what do you want? What's this about? What is this life about? And I began a journey of doing every possible learning approach and modality to know more about who I was and to know more about what was out in the world, which eventually led me to meet Karen Kimsey House and eventually led me to the Coaches Training Institute. And the minute I stepped into that room, I was home. It wasn't, it was like when you know you've been called, in fact, tears rise up because yeah, it was like I'm home and I never thought I would be. And How made, beautiful. How what made beautiful. Me, what made me come home was here were my people all asking questions and non-judgmentally and the exploration. And I come from an ancestral lineage of know-it-alls. Mm. And I have that in me. And I knew that didn't work. I knew that didn't work. So my kind of work, my edge has always been with curiosity. And I was like, a door opened and I knew everything I needed to know about what was next in my life. And my son used to tease me about how I'd not stop asking for, like I didn't wear a coach hat. I wore a, this is, this is all that there is. And he'd joke with how much I asked questions all the time. And to say that I was committed from the get-go, this was like, you had me at hello. Mm-hmm. I fell in love and I knew that this was my path and everything else I had done led me to having done deep exploration um, internally and with my mm-hmm. own journey and my own process. And so I was more able to use resources of showing up with my clients, having just done enough of my own work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so often it's, you know, how are we showing up and What are we doing to responsibly take care of our own work and our and our own curiosity and being able to not have to have the answer and and get our sort of our well being or our ego fed by like having the right answer? So what a journey for you and yes, being able to acknowledge I know that I've got that know it all within me, yet That just doesn't take me where I want to go, and it doesn't create the relationship yes, that yes. I want. How neat. And it took coaching to unravel that. Like, like I did a lot of things, but that know-it-all still like shows up all the time, as does my other best friend, perfectionism, where I continuously, I'm always like working. It's like knowing it all and perfectionism, like just these gang of two that are relentless in terms of getting in my way. And I've... You know, I work with a lot of coaches who are perfectionists, um, particularly if they're going for their master's certification. There seems to be a kind of a, to be, you know, to really be excellent, to really excel in perfectionism. They just kind of ride in on the same horse sometimes. Uh-huh. You know? So I, I really wanted, you know, I really have been looking at dismantling my perfectionism and my know-it-allness. And it's allowed me to just be with all parts of myself, not just, but all the parts that I think I had mentioned this to you, how failure was like a best friend right now, that I had kind of taken on failure as a way of looking at my life through the lens of where I'd failed, 
and failure meant for me ways I didn't fully show up, ways I wasn't true to myself, ways I had abandoned myself. There were a thousand one lifetime experiences. And it's really left me extraordinarily vulnerable and permeable. And in this time of uncertainty, being a yes. master coach for me is about letting the vulnerability that is impacting everyone. Like we're always in times of uncertainty if we're really paying attention. All my clients are always calling me with something that has right. thrown them into a tizzy. And right now, I'm not diminishing our own personal, but seeing this globally and seeing how we're all impacted. And what master coaching here for me is, is meeting my clients where they are. Not with my spiritual privileged right. perspective, but like really hearing where they are and feeling them, that they know they're accompanied in the emotional upheaval of what that means to lose income or to have kids working from home and how do they do their own business with kids at home to finding toilet paper. Right. And I know this seems, but, but it's, it's like an onslaught. It's like rocks, you know, it's like these keep, it's like, and now we can't find food. And, right. and so we don't know where this is going. And as a coach during this time, I have found it extraordinarily useful and helpful to honor my clients where they are. That may be, uplifted that they're mm -hmm. like in their element they always work at home anyway they've got a partner they've got cash whatever it is right to also recognizing both at once that i am bringing all of it into my heart and i'm holding it all with them wherever they are and that to me heals for me as well i mean we together sit in wherever they are because and it's a partnership it exactly. is a partnership thank so you such a beautiful segue into the fact that we are going to today talk about masterful coaching yeah. in times of uncertainty. You have been a master certified coach for how long? Since 2006. Okay, so for a while now. And you certainly can help us understand how to bring that mastery forward. One of the things that we talked about in our pre-interview and I think underlying fundamental piece of coaching is, is knowing, just knowing that our coach, that our clients are whole, resourceful, and capable. Yet, as you said, you know, things happen and things are happening right now. So when these obstacles arise, when we're in a place of wondering what's around the next corner, how do I continue to put one foot in front of the other when I don't know what's in front of that? What What's your thoughts about the obstacles that come up in front of us and how we can use those as yes. human beings, as coaches? Yes, yes. I love the question. Thank you. I love obstacles. I welcome obstacles. Not to make it um, overdo it. I'm putting quotes around welcome, but I consider obstacles the way the universe says, do it differently. Look here, another door, create another door not this way or this way. What, what's the edge we're facing with an obstacle? Like I just, I just, I work it with my clients to allow obstacles to not be bigger than their creative, resourceful and whole place. Like mm. obstacles happen. We're human beings. Welcome. Human 
foibles happen. We lose sight of who we are. It happens. We forget our creative, resourceful, and wholeness. It happens. We have bad moments. And so obstacles are an opportunity to become more of who we are, an invitation to include something we might not have included in Mm -hmm. who we are. Right. An opportunity to feel something we haven't felt ever or been scared like an obstacle is kind of a way of saying, hey, I'm scared. Well, what about being scared? And I'm not saying to lollygag and linger and loiter and scared. I'm just saying, let's be with this. Let's open the door here. What's here? That everything is an invitation to become who we actually are and our intended selves. And how do you present that to your clients? How do you welcome a client into that exploration when maybe there's some resistance or fear oh, to that? There is so much resistance. So I don't actually use these words. I don't talk like this. I sit in a presence. Clients are so skillful at resistance. They wouldn't be hiring a coach if they weren't, including myself. I don't want to make it just about clients, but resistance is a powerful survival mechanism. We've created this kind of way of being with, I don't want to go there. I don't want to go there and I'm not capable or it's, it's too big or there's too much fear. And we're all traumatized. We've all come from trauma, whether it be ancestral trauma or we come from whatever trauma we've come from. So I don't literally break this down for my clients. Right. I don't say any of this. This is just here now. Amongst us coaches. Amongst yes. us coaches. But what I do is... I feel them where they are. I mean, I'm a feeler. That's Mm -hmm. not too hard for me to do. And I feel them while holding this incredible, magnanimous compassion for the challenge that they are. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to give you an example. I have a client whose way of resisting is to keep talking on and on. And And she is brilliant and good at it and is extremely gifted. But the place that she's come, the work she's come to do, means the skill and this gift of talking has to stop. It has to take a breath. Mm -hmm. It needs to be a stillness. I don't know what will come from that, but I can feel that the antidote is stillness. And how to get someone to be still, I'm just using this as one example. No, it's a beautiful example. And I guarantee you it's an example that's going to resonate with many of our listeners. Yeah, it's something that happens all the time. It's that we've invoked a certain pattern, a certain way of being with our challenge. And in this way, we, we can't be with something. And there's something we can't be with. And so it takes a little while as a coach to kind of tune into that and to mm-hmm. keep asking the questions that invoke deeper questions. But what, what comes, what opens the door, or at least one of the ways, and each one, each client is different, is that I will say, I will be transparent. I hear, I hear talking that is a smokescreen for something. I don't know what that is. Can we just take a breath together for a second and be with what comes after that? And let's just take two minutes to sit still. I, even as I say it, I take a breath. Yeah. You know, it gives it more created breath. this internal pause for me as well in breath. Yeah. Yeah. And I use pausing a lot because the work 
that I think all coaches do that's masterful has to include stillness and pausing. I think that's one of the big superpowers is can you be still? And everybody says this who's a master coach. Like this is not news for anybody. I, I know that. And I'm still without leaving my client. I don't go, I don't remove my energy. And, and this is really a big key. And this is for me. I come from a lineage of fixers. I come from perfectionism. I want things fixed. I want things to be better. Kind of like as a kind of ingrained pattern. So what I'm inviting over and over again with my clients is let's just, it is fine you are here. It is okay. We're good here. We're not fixing this. Nothing needs to change. And that, op- that opens the door because when I say you're okay and nothing needs to change, they relax. I'm wow. not fixing them. I'm not like making this different for them. I'm inviting them to be present with whatever parts of them. And if I can't be with them where they are, or there's mm-hmm. something like uncomfortable for me, I, I have work to do. That's work for me to do. And if I'm lucky enough, I'll do that work and come back and say, do you remember how I over that instead of stillness, I blah, blah, blah. They just feel like I've given them the biggest gift was my own ability, inability to be with something. It's like, oh God, she's human. Or, oh God, thank God she said that because I'm struggling with my own trauma here or I'm struggling with my own, call it challenges, quote, unquote. Right. And you being willing to go and be still and do that work and come back and own it, what modeling for your clients as well in that partnership, like being willing to own your part of that? Yeah. I have one more thing to add. Yes. I'm smart and intelligent, but my heart is my biggest superpower. It's my capacity to create intimacy with everything, all parts. And I'm saying that because if I can't be intimate with a part of myself, I cannot be intimate with a part of my client. And so this is the work. It's like, that's why befriending failure was so powerful for me. It's like, oh, right, failure. Like, I didn't really know the terrain of failure. I mean, I'd failed. I just hadn't explored it. Right. So you'd failed and kind of put it under a bushel basket instead of like held it up and looked at it and said, what, what can I learn from this? What do I want to do different or whatever? I just felt shame. I just felt the shame and I buried it. It's like, oh, I did that so poorly. I I can still remember things I've done poorly and still have tears come up because it was like, oh, but I wasn't who I am now. I kind of reassure myself. I get it, honey. I get it. Hard time. You weren't who you are now. And sometimes... I'm in a hard place. Like there, it's not like I live from a place of any differently than any human being does. Right. And I just give room for that in me by saying, it's okay, honey. You're okay. I mean, I, I self-talk. I self-soothe. Right. And how does giving yourself permission to view life through failure sometimes, how does that impact the way that you coach? Oh, that's a great question. Meg. So, There's so many wonderful, wonderful work on this right now, growth mindset work. And, you know, it's like failure. I'm saying this on the other side, by the Mm -hmm. way. When I first started, it's like being an alcoholic who doesn't want to face into that they're an alcoholic. Like I was a perfectionist who didn't want to face into failure. Right. So what it allowed me to do was unravel that I was good enough even with failure. I was enough. It helped me unpack that part that said, but you failed here. You obviously are not enough. So I had 
tied together failure with not enoughness. And there's still other things tied with not enoughness, but I coach from a place with you're enough even if you failed. Right. You're enough even if you said the wrong thing. You're enough like even that if, big and instead of but, right? You're enough and you failed. Exactly. I mean, it's okay. It doesn't negate it. Exactly. And we can say that as coaches. I know that the jargon we all do and instead of but we do and living it and embodying right. it is always the work like i learned jargon way before i embodied anything i was good at picking up the jargon right but the embodiment took time and i believe learning jargon changes the informs our bodies and the capacity for embodiment so not diminishing that i'm just saying but it's just it's, it feels so different it's it's to really believe and, and embrace that. Yes. And I have a tendency to be serious, take things seriously and take myself too seriously. This is, I, I'm working really with, I'm really working with the joy and the fun of falling on my face. I'm encouraging my clients to take better risks. It's a point of contention for me in my own journey. It's like, what is risk-taking? Please don't make me, as a deep, deep introvert, please don't make me talk about myself. Please, blah, 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 whatever it is that's going on. So I'm sharing this because it has to do with how we be in relationship with risk, failure, or challenge, or obstacle. I have to work every single one of those within myself so I embody genuine, you're okay here. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, not, I'm a presence of embodied, really, you're okay. I, I may not say this, but I've lived here. I know this. You're okay. And that is a presence that can be not communicated, but just felt by the client. It's like you're creating just that, that essence of you, that presence of you that, that create. I, I, when you talk, Judith, I get this sense of just like a warm cocoon, almost like being with you is like a, just a comforting experience. And that leads me to that when we talked about how there's room for everything that shows up for the client and the space that you just created, if I was your client in this experience, I would feel like it's, it's okay to bring anything forward. And I'm just wondering, how do you embody that? that philosophy that there is always room for everything that shows up for clients. How do you create that experience, Mm. co-create that experience with your clients? Not every client can do that. I I, want to just say that's not always an option. Mm -hmm. I hold it. I hold a resonance for it. I understand that there are, my husband said the other night, they're not talking about how scary, how fearful. He was talking about how fear, when it grabs you, is almost impossible to get through. Like once you're like grabbed by it, it's, it's a chemical reaction. Right. And so I, I really want to acknowledge in uncertain times, it's a chemical reaction. Our cortisol, our adrenals, our fear chemistry goes into play. And I want to say that I really believe although I have a personal belief about the power of these times and I have a lot that I feel can be helpful and healing as a coach my role is to be with you with with you and if where you are yeah. where you are and if your fear is gripping you 
then that's my moment to say, I hear how scary this is. I feel you. I hear you. Mm-hmm. And I step right there with them. The gift of lifetimes of work here is I do not lose myself. Or let's say, I'm knocking on wood here. I rarely lose myself as a coach in their fear. I may mm-hmm. lose myself in my husband's fear, my right. son's fear. But one of the great gifts of being a coach is this like superpower of I am here. I feel you. And I am still holding, I am holding who you are and call it resourceful, call it powerful, call it whole, or call it, I know you, I know your power. And I hold that simultaneously, paradoxically, with the complexity of holding, you have every reason to be afraid right now. I get it. And I hold that until they feel calmed. We stay there. We don't move. We don't, we don't change the channel. We just, I say, no, no. No, let's hold that a little longer. Breathe, breathe there. Give some room and space for the part of you that's afraid. That's okay. So what do you think the dynamic of them suddenly being there with a partner instead of being there alone does for the dynamic of just holding that space together? I think it's the healing work of a lifetime. I think that's what coaches ultimately, it's the healing work of a lifetime. Like so rare. I mean, how often have any of us had someone actually fully be present with us in whoever and whatever way we show up? It's just, it's the gift of coaching. I, I'm not stepping away and analyzing you. I'm not stepping away and making judgment. I'm not stepping away and thinking, oh, what a fool. I am fully embodied with you, accompanying you without taking on your fear, hopefully. I mean, that's the work. That's the work. And sometimes I do. I mean, sometimes I have to take a breath and recognize I have and say, well, it is really scary. I can feel it. In, like, or I cry with my clients, tears or something. Like when I hear their pain, sometimes I just say, I'm with you here. Tears are coming to my eyes. And, mm-hmm. and then I just let it sit. We just sit with that. Mm-hmm. We just wait. We wait until another part of them, which is there, which I know is there, comes and says, hi, hi. Judith has been holding this, but I've got you now. And oftentimes, some part of them will show up. I'll have modeled for them a part of them that rises to accompany them. And I no longer hold that particular role. Wow. I think about how many times, particularly when we're learning the craft, when we're we're building our coaching muscles, We fall into the place of hearing pain, hearing anxiety, hearing overwhelm, and getting caught into how can I fix this for my client? And what you just shared is so powerful. If you had gotten in the middle of that, that peace not rise within your client. Thank you for getting it. Thank you for sharing that in that's the beauty. That's that's the we don't have to fix it and we can't fix it. And that doesn't mean that we don't care about our clients. We're not holding them in the highest regard, but you can't get in there and fix it. And oh, that just was so beautifully said. So thank you for bringing that forward. I remember recently I was working with a very high powered, you know, in the world, high positioned. Yes. And I had asked her something about how coaching was going. How was this for you? How is this for you? 
what do you, what's your takeaway? What are you noticing? We'd been working. We'd had about three sessions. And she said, I was hoping you were giving me magic bullets. I was hoping you were fixing it. And I like, I laughed and I said, oh, honey, I so wish I could. Do you know, there's like, she'd like name the thing in me that's like, oh, like my heart just says, please let me wave my magic wand and fix it. I still have that in me. And I think that's just inherent in the kinds of people who are drawn to be coaches. We obviously respect and care for people and want them to reach their goals. And we, I mean, we want that for them as well. Exactly. Yet, so it's almost, you know, incongruent to think, and I need to get the heck out of the way while I do that. And yet, isn't that exactly what we need to do? Yes. And it's, it's anti-intuitive. It's like, well, yes. wait, but I could fix this. Like, I've got a great idea. Like, as coaches, I will have an idea. And I might, at this point in my life, say, I don't know if you'd be open to this, but can I share something that comes up for me and see where you go with it? And that's, and, you know, that's permission. I've gotten permission. And then I, I'll share. And more times than not, they're immensely grateful for that. And it mm -hmm. shapeshifts some way they've been holding something, but it doesn't end there. Like my thing is just a kind of um, kind of little like open door. It's like, so where does this take you? Where do you go okay. with this? Yeah. So where do you want to go with the spark? But what I'm hearing you clearly say, and I want everybody to hear, is that that's not at the front end. I mean, that's, that's you've talked about holding space and holding stillness. And yeah. thank you. It's not at the front pulling, end. Yeah. Right. Yet, we are a partner for a reason. And if our intuition keeps kicking in or we keep getting a download, if we don't yeah. share that at all, are we really serving our client with the understanding of they can take it, they can leave it. Does this resonate with you? Doesn't exactly. it? Exactly. And this morning I was working with someone and I ran someplace, you know, I said, what do you think about this? Blah, blah, blah. They said, that, I worked that. No, that has nothing to do with it. <laughs> no. I had a moment of like, ooh, and then like a nanosecond passed and I went, great, let's move on. Failed, blew it. And this is someone, you know, I've been coaching so long that failure is, it's just, it's just fine. But it was, it was just that wonderful moment where you go, oh yeah, wrong, wrong thing, wrong place, didn't go right. there. And I say this because in uncertain times, what that means is there is nothing to do here but to be in uncertainty, to not know, and as much as possible to accompany the parts of ourselves that might get scared or might wonder how this is going to work out or what happens with their job or what happens with their dream or blah de blah whatever it is, it's a big deal. And I want to say that I am a big believer in creating from rather than reacting to but there's got to be some bandwidth for reacting. There has to be. If you're not in any way freaking out for a little bit when you run out of toilet paper or there's no food on the shelves, then you're bypassing something that needs also time and room for to be felt, which is little scary. Now what do I do? And those are those moments that really make us resilient, and strong, and powerful when we take those moments where we have panicked or felt like, oh my God, my mother's in a retirement community and I haven't seen it for two and a half weeks and now what? Whatever that storyline you've got going is, you get to be like a little panicked. You do. 
And I welcome that into the space of uncertain times while simultaneously saying, create from that. Now what? Where do you find a open door? Where do you find a place that you have to look differently in order to move forward? Such good information. Judith, I think that, that the gift that you have brought today is invaluable. I want to thank you for sharing space with me and you. bringing your wisdom forward, just bringing your, your heart forward because it's so, so there and so well received. So thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. So there you have the wisdom of another masterful coach sharing how we can meet our clients in the face of uncertain times. If you would like to know more about Judith Duell and how to reach her, go to starcoachshow.com and access the show notes under episode 179. Come back again next week. I have the honor of being interviewed by Master Certified Coach Jean Opplinger, and I am going to share the perspective of how we can coach through fear, when that's appropriate to do, when it's not. Jean and I have a really lively discussion about that, so I'm excited to bring that forward. That will be next week. Week after that, we have another Master Certified Coach, Cherie Silas, who happens to be another guest of the Essence of Mastery Summit. She's going to be talking to us about Agile Coaching. So lots of good stuff on the horizon. So I've been doing interviews left and right and am super excited for all the content that's going to come forward to you. I do want to invite you to Wednesday's Wisdom, which is a live Q&A session I do with anybody who would like to come on the Star Coach Facebook page every Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. Bring your questions, feel free to send them in advance or just bring them to the session. Wednesday's 9 a.m. Star Coach Facebook page. So until next week, this is your host, Meg Rentschler, wishing you the very best for your coaching success. Stay safe, stay well. Have a great week.